With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Another special Small Business IT Radio show today. We're getting some great feedback coming in from our listeners uh, at info at smallbusinessitradio.com. I must average at least 25 emails a day coming through that on great ideas that we can have for shows. So keep them coming. If you're dropping ideas for shows, uh, we'll always like to hear from you. So that's info at smallbusinessitradio.com. And welcome to our special broadcast of uh, Small Business IT Radio. Normally, like I said, we meet on, uh, on Fridays at noon in the eastern time zone that'll be 9 a.m. on the west coast however we we got a great panel of partners uh set aside today to talk about microsoft software plus services we had a great talk in vancouver last week at our hcg3 meeting uh, i know the guys from hcg5 got together last week in redmond and i know uh, lots of good stuff happening around the software plus services uh thrust into the marketplace or or preparation to uh go out there in the marketplace and there's been lots of people doing similar type of services. But you know what? I'm going to introduce my panel first uh, here on Small Business IT Radio. Again, the phone lines are open if you want to ask questions. I'm going to activate the chat window as well, and you can uh, listen in on the or ask questions on the chat window. I guess I should introduce myself first. This is uh, Stuart Crawford, and we're in, live from Calgary, Alberta, Canada here on Small Business IT Radio. So let me introduce my uh, my colleagues here that have joined us. And I know um, we have Dave uh, Sobel from uh, Involved technologies out on the East Coast in the Washington D.C. area. Dave's been on before, so no, uh, no stranger to Small Business IT Radio. How are you today, Dave? I'm great, Stuart. Yourself? Awesome, and welcome back. Uh, welcome back to the program. But for those Dave that never tuned in before, uh, what's the uh, give us the 30 second infomercial on Evolve and what you do? Sure, um, Evolve Technologies. We're a you know small business focused IT consultancy based just outside of Washington D.C. So we focus on the Washington D.C. metro area. You know delivering solutions around the Microsoft uh, platform as well as, as I've discussed on your show before, we do cross-platform work as well. So uh, looking at Mac Windows integration, and we have a uh, practice area in for virtualization for the small business consultants. So helping uh, other small business consultants learn how to leverage virtualization technologies in their practice. And we got a great show uh, just in the middle of getting lined up around virtualization. I think right after you do that uh that event in September, we're going to we're going to talk about that. I and think we so. have we have two guys with the same first name that we're going to address, Lindley and Lamb today. But Robert Lindley is uh, from Little Rock, Arkansas, joining us on the line today. And Robert uh, just attended uh, some events in Redmond uh, around software plus services and the whole business productivity online services. Uh, Robert Lindley, introduce yourself. Tell us a little about your company and what you do and all that good stuff you do in the in in Arkansas. You bet, Stuart. Uh, good afternoon. Uh, this is Robert Lindley. I'm with Innovative Systems, Inc. We're out of Little Rock, Arkansas. We're a Microsoft Gold Certified Partner, Small Business Specialist. Uh, we have seven competencies, but our main focus is infrastructure uh, for the small and medium space. Uh, we also do quite a bit of work with SharePoint, and specifically Windows SharePoint services and the Internet uh, sites, the starter sites. Uh, so that's been our major focus, and uh, just got back from attending the Microsoft uh, Online Services Airlift training event uh, two weeks ago up in uh, in Redmond. So some pretty good content up there, and I'm sure we'll get a chance to talk about that some today. Yeah, we definitely will. And I got the uh, I got some uh, tools to help us keep on track with that today. And thanks to you guys. And Robert Lamb is uh, another small business IT partner, uh, HG member out of uh, out of Missouri. Good afternoon to you, sir, and tell us a little bit about you and your company. Hi, Stuart. Uh, yes, I'm Robert Lamb with Lamb Technical Resources. Uh, we're in Sedalia, Missouri. It's about 90 miles uh, east of Kansas City. Uh, we're particularly uh, interested in uh, the, the online services offering just because of our uh, location in uh, rural Missouri. It's a, it's a pretty good opportunity, we think, for a number of small companies 
um, and clients that we work with. We're a Microsoft Gold partner, like uh, so many other folks have a number of competencies, uh, really focus a lot in the small business and in the banking and financial industry. Uh, we see that the, uh, the online services, I think, are going to really kind of open up some new opportunities, not only for just services, but also for some development areas as well as far as being able to sharpen our SharePoint skills. So you mentioned Robert Lamb, Mr. Lamb. I'll address you as your last name here so we don't get confused. Sure. You mentioned specifically opportunities. And what is the general feeling of the partner community out there? Are they, are they smelling the opportunities here or are they feeling threatened by this as taking you know, part of their core business away? It would seem to be from what I took away from uh, the Worldwide Partner Conference in Houston when all of this was announced. Uh, there was a lot of apprehension, I think. Um, there was a whole other camp, though, that I think embraces the idea that, you know, when you, people speak of Web 2.0, Web 3.0, there's going to be a lot of things happening in the cloud. Uh, small business owners pretty much don't have the capacity or the funding to be able to have their own network operations center. So if this is going to allow them, I think, to play with a lot of the bigger folks. I think the opportunity for services and development is where, in my opinion, the small business is going to be able to really take advantage of it because it's all great when you go to a web screen website and you log in, but unless you have everything happening on the back end, somebody's got to set it up, and the small business owner isn't going to have the wherewithal to do that. So there's definitely an opportunity for us as small business specialists or Microsoft partners to, uh, from what I hear, you know, support still, customize the solution, and also make some may make a little bit of money on it. Dave, you you know you're quite uh, you know the uh, the Microsoft partner with a, seeing the value of other solutions out there. I mean, you're with the Apple and the iPhones and on the desktop. <laughs> What are some of the comp competing services out there that uh, why Microsoft is now looking at the online services world? W you know, what was, what, is this a reaction to other threats that are out there? Well, I mean, I think so, Stuart. I mean, you know, it's, it's from from where I sit. You know, there are several other large players that are making cloud services plays, including Apple and Google being two of the most notable ones. Um, you know, Apple, of course, goes direct to market on everything. Their new mobile needs service is a cloud service of sorts, but it's you know it's, it is. In oh, I think we may have lost him there. <laughs> well, he'll come back. We'll ask that question again. I know he's in his on his mobile phone there. Uh, Robert Lindley, what are, what are your customers telling you right now about you know online services, or or is there an awareness around online services in Little Rock today? I think it was really interesting before I went to uh, Worldwide Partner Conference and then on to the airlift. I had one of my financial advisors that was, uh, we were talking about some, some additional solutions for him. Uh, give, just paint the picture real quick. Uh, he's got an SBS server, so he's been running SBS 2003. Uh, he, we used his old server and put SharePoint on it because he wanted a customer portal. Uh, because of uh, some regulations and backup disaster recovery, we were getting ready to put in a BDR solution for him, and he's just an office of five people. And, uh, you know, he said to me, he said, gosh, he says, it seems like I'm spending a tremendous amount in infrastructure here. Not exactly the word he probably used, but, you know, he said, I'm spending a lot of my, my technology here in my, my office. And he says, but I, I do so much online already. I do my, my portfolio management online. I do all my trades online. He says, you know, this, this email and, and some file sharing that I'm doing in SharePoint, boy, if there's a way I could move that online, that may be a better answer for me than to invest all this in within my office. So he was already asking for this solution before we left. And, you know, one of my goals for coming out of my HDG5 meeting was to come back and basically provide, you know, a, a comparison of where, where we, you know, would you keep it on-premise or do we go in the cloud? Well, I think there's a, a certain what's uh, you know what's the best way to phrase it? There's a certain threat, I guess, out there against uh, the partner community from Microsoft. You know, we have to either we have to either address it or or run, is the way I look at it. I have a good friend of mine. He's the best web developer I've ever met. I haven't met a better better web developer in the world. However, he's very strict on what he develops and he uses uh, a lot of open source technologies. He recommends to his clients, the Google online services versus the, anything to do with Microsoft. But that's just his upgrading. We have a, a good relationship that way. We understand 
you know, where each other are, each other stand. But you know, if the customers want that service, they're going to start going to these other services and uh, and looking at that as, as other alternatives. So, uh, you know, on what you're saying there, Rob Robert Lindley, I don't feel comfortable addressing you guys by your last names, but you know, <laughs> if you know if that's the reality, if they're going to, they're going to go eventually. So we either we have to play in the same sandbox or look at alternative ways to leverage what's currently out there. I, I think that's right. I, I mean, it's uh, you know, it's all about what's available out in the market, and if they can't find it from Microsoft, then they, they're going to go look other places. And you know, the interesting thing for us is, is and the main thing that that I attended these these particular meetings out in Redmond about is uh, is really coming up with a market strategy and an idea of how we do our managed services. And I put that really in quotes: our managed services around this offering that's in the cloud. And I think Dave uh, joined us back on his landline there. So, Dave, you lo- I lost your signal there. So yeah, I did. Can... And, in fact, I'm going to use this as an opportunity to make a huge point that I make about cloud services. So here I am out and about today, and I was running a few minutes late for, uh, for, for this thing, so I was on my cell phone. And cell phone coverage in a major metropolitan city is spotty. <laughs> you know, I will get to my home and, and lose connection. This is something that I think business owners are, are are going to be cautious about when we look at these cloud services. How, uh, how truly ubiquitous is Internet connectivity that you can depend on it for all the time in all circumstances? And you can't. And so I think that this, this, you know, not everything is going to go into the cloud simply because not all applications can be done in the cloud. They, can, they won't, are not ready for it at this level. So you know, a lot of partners are all thinking, oh, I'm going to lose all my business. I don't think so. <laughs> I really don't. I think we said that when you know when the paperless society concept came out that we we're going to lose all our business. Well, and, I, remember and, hear, I remember hearing something about that a few years ago, and I don't think that's changed. I don't, that hasn't happened for sure. Well, it hasn't, and and I will also say that the clouds. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think cloud services is is something that's going to happen. But I also will say cloud services is a renaming of the application service provider. If you remember that from the. Uh, you know, sort of late 90s or early 2000s, application service providers were going to take over the world, and we were going to not have, you know, be able to run our own applications anymore. There are certainly some cases where that has happened. Salesforce.com is a great example of that. But it didn't mean that everything went away. And I think this is just another one of those forces where there's a new way to deliver software. We do certainly have to adapt to it, and we certainly have to integrate it into our portfolio but I don't think everything is going to go this way. Well, well, if you look at the big picture of things, and maybe I'll get uh, Robert Land to kind of comment on this, is for those who read my uh, my ebook on connecting the dots, you know, it's just probably another dot that gets plugged in here, and you know, maybe it's a combination of everything else. Is that another it's another tool in our uh, toolbox? Is uh, another and then another solution that we can offer to our clients? But it's really about you know now, especially as we get into the late. Uh, uh, late parts of the first decade of, of the 2000s is running, being a network administrator and all that good stuff. It's all important. Managing data is all important. That's a core. That's a core of what we stand for. It's what we do. But um, it really gets to the importance now of understanding business processes, understanding what people do with technology, how everything all flows. Workflow management, as AKA SharePoint, is great for. But uh, Robert Lamb, you know, do you see this plugging in uh, as another business uh, that you're going to uh, another solution you're going to offer? Well, I think I think you hit it right on the head, uh, and and I wanted to comment on on Dave Sobel's uh, remarks as well. You know, I, I think that there's a there's this general feeling, and in, in, at least in in our market, that um, internet is just bulletproof. And uh, uh, it, it's it's a really frightening idea because you know we, we we speak to our clients when we when we talk in terms of servers and hardware and you know everybody's concerned about how long you know what's my uptime, what about data recovery, um, all of those issues that really revolve around business continuity. And I, you know I'll stop in the middle of that conversation and say, okay, let me ask you over the past year how many times has your DSL gone down? Um, and, and there's kind of like this deer in the headlight look. Like so, a lot of folks. I mean, I agree that there will be a place and there will be a certain market that the online 
uh, services will fit very nicely. But every every instance that we talk about it with our clients is we evaluate what what is their exposure if they can't get to their email for you know two hours four hours. I mean, we had a client um, just a week ago who lost their DSL for uh, two days, and they were furious, and so they switched over to another internet service. And I'm thinking they went from a regular telephone company to a cable service, which They've had their fiber lines cut by vandals twice. So my point is, when, when we look at online services, um, we need to have an, a full understanding of we're potentially moving everything from within our four walls out into this cloud and understanding what are the risks and what are the benefits and then making a, a very logical and business-based decision on whether it's the right direction to go. We see it as an opportunity to expand into some client bases that couldn't afford their own small business server, couldn't afford an exchange server, but they would be very willing to pay a monthly fee to have all those enterprise-type applications at their fingertips, and then let's lay our services in on top of that as well. So Microsoft made it quite clear at the partner conference that you have the option of going fully into the cloud, fully on-premise, or a combination of both. Robert uh, Lindley, where do you see most of your clients uh, fitting in on that? Well, I think it's interesting. Uh, I, I do agree with Dave that there are a number of clients that will decide to keep it on-premise. Um, and I think that line-of-business applications is probably going to be more the argument there than anything else. If if I've got a reason that the server's got to be there already, uh, it's going to be much easier for me to decide that the server or, and the customer to decide that the, that the best option for them is for the server to be there uh, for their, their exchange and, and for their SharePoint. Um, if they don't have a line of business application, uh, like the financial advisor I was just talking about, you know, everything that he has is already in the cloud. I think this ends up being a very good option for him to consider. Well, same as mine. You know, all of my records uh, with my financial advisor are on an online service somewhere. But what, you know, Dave, maybe you can throw this question over. What role now does security come to play here? You know, how am I going to be uh, trust a company like Microsoft that my information is going to be secure? Well, I mean, you know, that, that's always that, that's the question that you should have on any solution, not whether it will be it, you know, cloud services or any on-premise solution. You know, you're going to want to make sure that you're in, you know, a, a, a trusted data center that matches your security profile. Um, you know, for example, you know, your personal personal photos from your family vacation have a different security profile than banking information. And so there's, there's not one size fits all answer around here. You're going to want to make sure that you're working with a cloud provider that has an answer that fits with your needs, be they compliance needs around HIPAA or Sarbanes-Oxley or some other law that you're trying to, to, to be with or what your own you know, security risk profile is. Security isn't a button. You can't just flip it on and off. So we have to make sure that you've got the right level of service for what you need. Okay, so I mean, I'm looking, you know, and the circle back a few seconds here on your uh, comment about internet. I'm looking at this is a great opportunity for bringing a second internet line in, and uh, maybe selling uh, a firewall that can do internet failover, maybe like a TZ190 from SonicWall or something like that. Uh, Dave, while I get you on the on the hot seat here, where do you see um, attach fails coming in as a partner now when you're looking at online services? Well, I mean, you know, and, and that's this is the big question because, I mean, from from where I sit, I'm not done that analysis yet, understanding what it is, what my place is in that online services world. Um, you know, because obviously some of our core to our business is running the infrastructure on premise. Well, if we're not doing that anymore, how how am I making my, all of my money? And so there's there's services around the deploy. You know, there's certainly deployment services. There's certainly you know, consulting services. And at the end of the day, there's also still help desk services because I, I think anyone who says, you know, goes into the cloud and all your problems go away is probably not realistic. So it's a matter of, you know, what is the offset? How is the model? And, and are we going to be in that space because we're able to make any money as a partner? Um, I also do see that one of the, the trends that we all are looking at is making our engineering people more into consultants and moving them up the stack a little bit so that they can have more business-related discussions rather than purely technical ones. 
And then our value, of course, increases to our customers if we're able to have those, com- those conversations. So my services may be around, well, how do you use all this stuff in your business to make it make you more money, and if my consultants can do that, then then we have a clear pro, clear place in the in the new world. So, Robert Lindley, what are you doing in Little Rock there to prepare your technicians to become consultants and have some sort of level of business acumen? Now they can have these conversations with your clients. I think it's all about developing communication skills and specifically talking to them about business process. So you know, it's it's not just like it's like that, what Dave says here. It's not just about uh, being the technician. It's it's about going into the uh, uh, to the customer and seeing that they have a need for SharePoint or they they have a need for uh, you know some uh, business intelligence that they don't have right now to to make things simpler. You know, one of the things I see is it's interesting. One of the slides that they brought up at the airlift had to do about what customers are, are thinking that uh, you know the problems they're seeing with IT. They would like to see. Them, they have a budget that they want to spend on IT, and they would much rather spend that on on projects and things that really benefit their business than just maintaining their infrastructure. And that's one of the, the things I see that online services can help with, is that instead of spending that, you know, whatever all of us are charging for managed services for a server, now that that goes away, it's not just that the dollars went away for the services we provide. Now we can provide richer services to our customer and more things that really help them get down the road of, of doing what they need to do with their business. So the the ability to become more, you know, Robert Lamb talked about this, you know, about being able, uh, developing a uh, uh, you know a, a practice where you can provide more services than just providing infrastructure support. I think that's definitely what we have to look to do with our businesses. You know, one of the discussions that I'd like to see us get into here, Stuart, is is one of the things that I see is a, a problem on how you develop develop managed services around. Uh, the online services, specifically the, the BPOS that Microsoft is offering, is it's such a low-dollar uh, investment on the front end. You know, if the customer is going to spend only $15 per seat to get started on this thing, and you start talking about doing a SharePoint implementation that's $3,000, and they go, whoa, you know, 10-user network, $150 a month, that's all i got to have to get started, but you want to hit me with $3,000 to, to set up that SharePoint site. Now the whole scale of things is totally flip-flopped. You know, they didn't spend ten thousand dollars on that server to get it set up, and now three is not a big deal. Now it's one hundred fifty to get started, and three is a big deal. You know, so that's kind of interesting. And we had this conversation in Vancouver with um, the Microsoft Canada rep who came up and talked to us about the whole BPOS. Is the way it's currently structured, it, we cannot resell that. The client has to go online and and sign up for that. They can put us down as the partner, an influencing partner, so we can qualify for our uh, $18 or whatever it is the first year. And, and, 18%. Uh, and 18%. So 18%, yeah. Yeah, so we can, you know, we can go ahead there and, you know, and make a little bit of money. But, you know, some of the general feel we're getting from the partner community is, you know, allow us to resell it. This is all good, but just allow us to resell it so we can bundle it into our, into our managed services plan or, Combine it with our uh, SharePoint starter site or whatever we want to roll out. So, uh, Robert Lamb, what do you, what do you, what are your views on that? Which way do you like to see it go? Well, I agree. I I really think that um, Robert really kind of hit one of our main concerns, and uh, I was disappointed that I didn't have an opportunity, or I had the opportunity, but I wasn't unable to attend that airlift. But you know, the the thing that that we kind of can anticipate from our client base we've really not gone out and talked it up a lot yet only from the fact that uh, like most of these new offerings there's always a few revisions in the program and availability of certain services and so we've just been kind of waiting for that to gel a little bit but I you know what I see is that if we have the opportunity to you know it's one thing if uh, you can develop a SharePoint site and go and show it to a client and say, look, I've got this site for $3,000 or a template, and gosh, you, you know, for $3,000 you can buy it, and then it only costs you $15 or $18 a month per user. That's a little easier selling strategy than going in and saying, yeah, we can get you set up on SharePoint for $18, and oh, by the way, to use it, it's going to cost you $3,000. So it's 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 I, I think that's going to be one of the new, uh, a, a new challenge. I think for everyone is to to start rethinking the way they make the approach on marketing it. And history has shown us technology people are horrible at marketing. 
uh, and I'm one of them, uh, so I'm not calling anybody else out without myself. Uh, so I think we're going to have to rethink how we're going to do it because I think that I think the, the playing field is beginning to change. And Dave, do you have any uh, insight from you know the DC area around the whole offering? Well, I mean, I think I, mean, I sort of am going to have to say you know I chime in with the other guys on this is is that it's 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 something that's still unclear. Um, you know, I think there's a business here, um, but I'm not quite sure what it is yet. <laughs> <laughs> and so un- until I figure that out, I don't have really have a great answer for everybody. Is, is that there, there seems like there's a business here. It, it, you know, I'm, I'm of the mindset that, you know, and, and I tend to, to fall into a little bit the conservative side of this, I don't see this gutting our existing businesses. I see this, this I do see it penetrating. I do see some conversion, and I, but I more see this as a new opportunity. Um, you know, there are a lot of. I mean, the, the we talk about you know no line of business apps. Okay, well, how many business, growing businesses really have no line of business apps? That uh, just none. Right. <laughs> you know, well, it's, there are certain cases for it, and there are certain situations for it where there are clearly no line of business apps, but not most of the ones that I'm working with now. But that may mean that there are new businesses I can work with that aren't in that situation right now that don't necessarily have the same maybe shall we call it weighty IT needs that we ha- that our current customers do. So I'm just trying to figure this out because, I, you know, I, again, like, like the other guys, I look at, and say, you know, well, what about my existing customers? And I've been doing the analysis and saying, yeah, most of these probably aren't going to move to cloud services. It probably isn't a good match for them. So this may be a new customer delivery model and, some, and, and thus penetrating new customers. So I'm, I'm, it's not fully baked yet. I think uh, you know, everyone who's saying it's all gloom and doom and it's the end of the world as we know it, I think they haven't quite sat down to do all the analysis yet. And I'm not saying I have all the answers yet, but it doesn't quite seem as much gloom and doom as everyone else was, was, would lead you to believe. Well, there's an opportunity in, uh, in everything that's out there. And Eric Simpson and I kind of jokingly uh, uh, commented about this at, uh, at the Worldwide Partner Conference of day one there during the opening keynote about, you know, all you have to do is smell the opportunity. There's an opportunity everywhere. You can walk across the street, and if you're not paying attention, you can miss a potential opportunity. And I think we're sitting here as well. There's a huge opportunity here. You know, and the 18% or whatever the dollar amount equals to, it, that's not the important thing is here. Is what are the new markets you can tap into now? Are you interested in playing small business? And you can, uh, you know, tap into those people that would never usually buy a server. Or can you go into new markets where you have an IT tech or professional who's totally turned off of the cloud-based computing and go and sell them online CRM or uh, SharePoint services online or whatever is out there. Uh, that's where I kind of think there's an opportunity. Robert Lindley, you know, what can you add to that? You know, where you maybe, and we probably talked about this, but we're kind of regurgitating it. But, uh, there's opportunity out there. Uh, maybe talk, let's talk about training our, our our uh, people so that you can identify these opportunities. What are you doing with your sales professionals now in these early days before this is actually out there to get them ready for online services and how to spot the opportunities? Well, I think they have to understand what the concepts are. And and, uh, I liked Robert Lamb's uh, thoughts about approaching it from a sales perspective where you're talking about what it takes to get started, and then it's $15 uh, per month from their point forward. But the thing I'm still struggling with is, okay, if they're only going to pay $15 a month, then, you know, that 6% that is for the second year and thereafter, uh, you know, I can't build a business model around that. So now what's it going to take for there to be additional services and, what would they be willing to pay in addition to that in order to have help desk or, you know, exchange support and mobile support and uh, things along that line. So I, I think you have to, you know, to help pre- prepare your sales force, you've got to define what your product's going to be and what your services are going to be around that. You know, one of the discussions, the interesting things about line of business, uh, tell me any business you know of that doesn't have an accounting system. All right, well, so we're, we all do we take, some sort, yeah. Yeah, so if we're, going to take, if we're going to take the business to the cloud, where does that accounting system go? Now, is it going to move to a desktop? And now you get backup concerns and the whole bit going on. So Microsoft does not have a in-the-cloud, uh, you know, accounting system, you know, office accounting. Well, but their competitors sure do, though. They sure do. That's true. Yeah. They do. So, so how do we, now, now we get into the whole thing about how do we integrate, you know, if somebody's using Backpack online or another one or Intuit has one online as well, how do we 
now we get into a problem of how do we connect these two. Dave, where do you see you know, the interconnectivity of different vendors' online services? Well, isn't that the big question? <laughs> because, I mean, ultimately, you know, from from a perspective of, the, of each of the vendors, they want to, they kind of want you to lock into their solution. So it isn't necessarily in their best interest to have you inter- interconnecting with other systems. So this sort of is some of where the the big big argument against cloud services come is is that in an environment where you need deep integration. Cloud services is not necessarily a, a logical fit, and so the, the you know there is something to be said about the first uh, vendor that, that comes up with a solution to this is going to do very very well. Um, but the question is, is how motivated are they to do that? And thus, if you're looking at these these deep integrations, cloud services may not be right for you. You may need on-premise, or you may need a customized cloud solution, and that's its own level of expenditure. So, I mean the, the there's no one answer that really fits on this, and so I think we're kind of all going to figure this out a little bit and say, what are the, the customer profiles that fit? And I know, you know, Robert Lindley and I were in some of the same meetings last week talking with Microsoft, and that was one of the things that we were, we were looking to work with them on was to say, okay, you know, talk to us about what customer profiles you see in the cloud and what you see is on-premise and what you see is hybrids, and, and help us, let's all work this out together to understand really where everything fits and get this right. Okay. Okay, that makes you know that makes sense to me as a you know as an IT professional. You know, it's all gonna you know fit and make sense. Uh, Robert, from your, Robert Lindy, from your side, what you know, what do you can, what can you offer to Dave Insight there? As far as integration, or yeah, as far as integration. I think that that's, uh, you know, it was interesting listening to Microsoft uh, at the airlift talk about where they see the market potential for this and, and where they see the customer base coming from. They really see the customer base coming more from the mid-sized customers than the small business. I'm not so sure I'd see it that way. I mean, if, if I look at a, a customer that spent, you know, what's, what's, a, what's the lowest cost that we can put a small business server in for? You know, we're going to spend three, four, five thousand dollars $5,000. You know, if they could start off and have those services available to them in the cloud for for no startup fee, and the you know the installation is pretty much really quick, you know that I, I see more of this being a um, you know a competitive product to a small business server and and essential business server, you know the EBS product. So, um, yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see how this just shakes out over the next three or four months. I thought it was interesting to note that the BPOS announcement is a month before SBS and EBS announcement or ART. Well, at least at least in the US, I heard in Canada it's not until early 2009, so yep. We get to play we get to uh, actually start deploying it up here so you guys down south can work all the bugs out and we'll, we'll yeah, be, yeah, we get to be the bleeding edge. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, well, that's just the way it is naturally I think on a lot of things. Um so guys, let's just break out the products here cuz we got, you know, some great services here. I mean, I can look at clients right now that can use any one of these services that normally wouldn't invest in it today. So this is where the, the nice thing about combining everything together comes into play because now we can uh, link everything together. So you got we got SharePoint. I mean, Robert Lindley, you're a SharePoint uh, guy. What do you what's your feeling about putting SharePoint into the cloud? I, I think it fits. I, I think that they're uh, you know especially for a mobile force. If I had a sales force that needed to have access to the data, now I don't have to worry about that bandwidth integration to the office. Uh, it's it's in the cloud gives me that bandwidth that I was looking for. So I, I think it's definitely a fit. The, 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 I think there's a there needs to be a good definition here now between uh, software as a service and specifically what Microsoft is going to offer with BPOS and what there is available still from hosted solutions. So I don't know whether you were planning to go down that road and discuss that, but I. You know what's available in BPOS and what could be available from a hosted solution are are night and day difference. Well, I think we talked about that last week at our meeting. Was uh, a lot of the partners are still leveraging the white label hosting guys out there. I mean, I'm happy that you brought it up because I was actually thinking about bringing you know bringing that up later on the in the program here. Sorry but let's that. talk about it. Right, let's talk about it right now because you you know you've opened that can of worms. So, if I was a hosting partner, you know, maybe I'll turn it over to Robert Lamb. Should I be worried? Well, if I was a hosting partner, I would be, uh, unless I'm really big, uh, only from a standpoint that uh, you know you've you've got a company that's entered into this a space that uh, basically can buy it all. 
and you know there and I was really kind of uh, curious to see some reactions by some of the hosting partners that were uh, down at the WPC and and how they felt about things. They had them all kind of, uh, Robert Lindley and I kind of made notes that it was interesting. They were all kind of in one area on, on the exhibit floor, the conference floor, and we were wondering if that floor space would be empty next year. Um, I don't think that it would be that quite that dramatic, but I certainly think it's going to either force them to shift in the services that they offer. Um, you know, there's a lot of things that the Microsoft service is talking about, like Active Directory synchronization and that, that you can't get or it's very expensive from some of these other folks. And commenting on the thought that Microsoft was going to be heading towards the enterprise or some of these mid-market uh, clients, the Active, Inter Active Directory integration is going to be huge for them because no one's going to want to have to administrate two sets of credentials. So um, it, it's gonna, I think it's going to cause somewhat of a shakeup in that area. Now, Robert, Linda, you're working with the Seismic guys uh, on some hosted SharePoint. What are they telling you? I, I think that they uh, – it was interesting at the airlift that the larger hosting partners were there. Uh, the smaller ones weren't. I thought that was kind of – at least not that I ran across. I, I, I sat by several of them that were uh, uh, hosting much larger hosts uh, than you know that than the uh, seismic program, for instance, right now, and uh, uh, it was interesting that they were there seeing what Microsoft intends to do in this space. And uh, I think that there is a threat for the hosting partners, uh, especially those of us that uh, have gone down this road and uh, you know did the SPLA licensing and decided to get out there and do this on our own. Uh, my gosh, for this price, uh, it's going to be very difficult to compete. The BPROS. Uh, offering, you know, gives you Exchange, it gives you SharePoint, it gives next year it'll give you Office Communicator, it gives you Live Meeting. Now, I mean, these are all right in there in that base product, and the deskless worker suite that they have is, you know, for, we're talking about two and three bucks a month for a worker. Uh, that's going to be very difficult to compete against. Do you think um, that partners would uh, gravitate towards those that allow them to resell the product and combine it into their managed services offering? I think the branding is is pretty important to a lot of partners, and uh, the fact that you know part of the uh, one of the interesting things was the sign up process for this whole deal for signing up for BPOS. Uh, first of all, as a partner, we can't we can't we're not supposed to be doing it for our part our customer, and we could do it while they're they're in their presence. But I mean, literally, they're supposed to be filling out this agreement in the process of signing up for BPOS, and there's one line item that's not a required field that says who's the partner that brought you here. And uh, later on the, down the road, they want to change the partner and put another partner in there, they can do that. So that's a very interesting model. <laughs> well, one, one of the things I've talked to um, my friends at Microsoft Canada about is, and we've probably seen it, we've all probably interacted with uh, my constant contact, which is a software plus service, or software as a service type solution. I've been using it for years to manage my distribution list for my marketing activities. When I want to sign out uh, customers on it, I have an affiliate link that allows me to get credit without actually having to do a thing. So I send out my newsletter every month, and somebody clicks on the link, I get a credit for that as uh, it happens automatically. There's no fields to fill in, no, you know, what happens if they put, you know, Robert, what happens if they put your company name in wrong? You know, and then how, do you get credit for that? How does that, how do they, how does that all work? So I would rather as a partner have a link that I can send out to people and say, you're interested in this technology, here's a link that you can sign up for, and I can, I can customize, and this is maybe where Robert Lamb, not not as a marketing guy, would you know got some great ideas. But this, you know, as a marketing guy, would you know how can I reg I I want I want to register my own URL and point my customers or my prospects to my hosted URL, so I can say you know it matters uh, hosting solutions dot com, and it just really resells the Microsoft one. Uh, maybe I'll throw it over to Robert Lamb there. What's your what's your views on uh, on the whole? Uh, sign-up process and how things uh, how things happen. What happens if somebody gets your company name wrong? Well, I mean, we run into that now. I mean, we have other uh, times where we have uh, some of the software manufacturers that are marketing direct to our clients for maintenance updates, and basically it's kind of an opt-in where they want to put in who their partner is, um, and it seems like it's an ongoing struggle to – 
make sure that, 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 that we get credit, which credit translates into money. Now, it, that's, we, we take the time to do that when we're talking five, six, seven, eight hundred dollars $800, thousands of dollars for XYZ's software maintenance contract. You know, how hard is it going to be to try to keep track of $15 renewals? Um, I, I just, I really don't see it. I mean, I, I look at the, the ability to sign these folks on as a matter of the services aspect. I don't, I don't really, see, I mean, I see it as a revenue stream, but it's not one we're, gonna, we're not going to be able to live on. So you have to judge how much time is it going to take to administrate it for the little bit of return that you get as opposed to trying to focus on developing what's going to be hosted um, up there. Uh, I, I, I truly think that's where the, the issue is going to be because we have clients today that have line of business applications that have integration into Microsoft Outlook and into a, a, you know Word and Excel. The, there's still a lot of questions on how will that integration work if their line of business apps local and everything else is in the cloud. And I think that that's where we're going to make our money. I just haven't been one of those people who have felt that being the, the sign-up person and making my 18% is just going to really, I mean, unless we go by your model, Stuart, where we you sign up the world, you bet. Then I think, you know, but the, I don't want to have to administrate it. Yeah, I hear you. It's a lot of, it's a lot of work if you, uh, you know, if you go down that route. I mean, I don't make my, the nice thing about what I do with, uh, with the, the constant contact is I don't have to touch it. I just get a check in the mail, which is perfect. I mean, that's, Sure. In an ideal world of the reseller, that's perfect. Dave, what are you seeing? Sorry, sorry, Robert, go ahead. Well, I'm sorry, Stuart. I did, you know, I just wanted to follow up that that, and that's the whole issue is that there's it's so new. I don't believe that they have. I don't think that they have the framework in place to 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 put a program around it. You know, um, you know, they're still. I mean, I I did 18 percent. That was a new figure. That was different than what they talked about down at WPC. So yeah, it was, already, it was 12%, right? Yes. Yeah. So well, it, already yeah, it, there's been some changes. Well, actually, no, it's just a confusing way of talking about it. It's 12% to sign them up. So if they put your name in when they actually do the sign-up, you get the 12% play, paid once per quarter. And uh, the 6% is for the first year and every year thereafter. So really the first year you're going to get 18%, and then you'll get 16% thereafter. Okay. okay. Sorry, that makes a lot more sense. Go ahead, uh, sure. Mr. Lamb. What were you with your with Well, no, your that, that, that was it. I mean, I was, and, and that's why I'm just saying that I just think that, you know, it's, it's kind of like everything else whenever we start a new service, whether it's with Microsoft or whoever, that, um, you know, when you anything that's 1.0, uh, there's going to be so many changes and, and so many um, so many frustrations that um, sometimes I just don't wait for 1.0 or, you know, I don't jump on 1.0, um, which, you know, that's good or bad because a lot of guys will be out ahead of me. But, you know, when you're talking about 12% uh, on, you know, $15, it's just not a really big thing. So, Robert, you know, on that whole dot .1.0 type thing, are you going to hop on Small Business Server 1.0 then, or are you going to wait to uh, Service Pack 1? Oh no, no, we're we're hopping right on it because I mean it's it's got a little bit more of a history. I mean it's 1.0 of a 2008 product, but we've had SBS 2003 and all these others in the past, and we've had our chance to work with it. And it's it's you know it's, to me it's an entirely different. Well, it's not different. It's the same path that we have grown in, and we're getting in this big paradigm shift when we start talking about in the cloud and intangibles and we're selling subscriptions and everything else and I think a lot of partners have a problem getting their arms around that I I've, I'm comfortable with it because we've sold Postini and we've done things like that and but the nice thing about it is you've got good audit trails and you know what's going on this Microsoft historically hasn't been very good on POS tracking so I want to see how that's going to work before I get too excited about it and you know, I appreciate your comments. We are working through Vista as well, which is a, you know, a total different animal. It's a, you know, it's an on, sure. ongoing Windows thing, but it's a, a lot of people didn't adopt that early either. So I mean, right. we got we got some challenges there. But you know, the nice thing about the online services, they're all applications that we resell today or we service today. So just that they're moved into a different, uh, a different, they're located somewhere else basically. Absolutely. In a 
Dave, you know, from uh, from the Evolve side here, I want to kind of spin back a little bit here. Have you talked to any hosting partners and on uh, on the online services, and what's the pulse uh, of those ones that you talked to? Well, I mean, I, I have. I mean, I've, I've certainly been in touch with some of them, and and they, you know, they certainly believe that they can bel- deliver higher value solutions than what Microsoft is looking at delivering. Um, and, and additionally, one of the things, of course, that they, they do and offer is, is they offer much better partnerships with consulting firms like ours in order to, to deliver a complete solution. So there is certainly some value to the customer of, of a good hosting pro- partner working with a good you know, field consultants group to deliver a comprehensive solution that, that, Microsoft, that buying direct from Microsoft can't get you. So I mean I you know the the hosting partners are, are certainly aware of what's going on um, you know they're they're certainly in tune with it but their approach is really that we well we can do a better job we can deliver a better solution than they can we're already we already have it it's already out in the space there's already offerings around it so I, you know I, I think the, the the big hosting providers are certainly watching Microsoft they're not they're not stupid and they're not not going to ignore what's going on there but I certainly think they have a perspective of that they're already ahead of them and already delivering solutions like that so Dave when we listen to guys like Kevin Turner and Steve Ballmer uh, talk on this subject let's not joke our, joke around here they're here to win and they want to win in this market because they've got the big uh, Company that starts with a G and ends with an Google. Well, right, way but, out but, in front of them. But let's let's define win for Microsoft. Win for Microsoft is Microsoft Technologies running these solutions that can be delivered via partner or that can be delivered direct. That's win for them. So a sale through a Microsoft hosting partner is just as good as a sale direct from them. And I mean, it, it was interesting because I mean, I'll point to my worldwide partner uh, conference experience as sort of the two heads of this problem. I went to two sessions right back to back. One that presented on working with a Microsoft hosting partner to deliver your online services, and the next, which was talking about this sort of 12% deal. I don't think Microsoft has the vision that says, you know. Buying our online service from us will be the only way this is, this is delivered, and thus the only way we're going to beat the big G or the big A. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I just don't see that as what their message is. Now, admittedly, it's a difficult message that they're giving because they're saying two different things. But I think they're targeting two different sets of customers. One set of customers are the kinds of customers that will buy direct. But I think they think that is a smaller portion of customers than the ones that want to work with an, with an IT consultancy partner to deliver their solution. So for them, winning is just it running on Microsoft technologies, you know, specifically Windows and the Windows stack. So, I mean... They, uh, they just want to make sure that it's Exchange that powers that cloud service or Windows that powers that cloud service. So to beat Google, they just simply want to make sure it's Exchange on the back end. Whether or not it's bought from them or from a hoster, that really doesn't matter to them. Do you, do you see next year, Dave, that we can be having a very different partner conference? Well, we certainly could. I mean, I, I, I'm the first one who said recently that I thought this year's partner conference was very different than previous partner conferences. Um, you know, certainly the tone of it was a little different. The takeaways were a little bit different. The mood of the partners was a little different. So, I mean, I think we're already starting down that trend of a slightly different partner environment than there was before. So, the, yeah, and then the economy is definitely changing, and then the whole mindset mindset of business is changing. Uh, Robert Lindley, I'm going to turn it back over to you. And on, on, you know, I'm a I've been listening to it for the last 50 minutes. Gabber and gibber on about online services and the BPOS and software plus services. Also, you know, I'm pretty much sold as a partner that I need to get on board here. What describe to me the process to get signed up? Um, what do I need to do? Uh, how do I get uh, on board here? You know, and where can I actually turn to maybe for some extra help? Well, you need to go to the uh, partner portal. Uh, log on as, as yourself there, and then go into online services. And right off the main page, there's a link that gets you right there. I actually had it up two seconds ago. Um, right off the, the front page there, it tells you if you want to sign up for Microsoft Online Services. Um, and you want to, uh, where is it at? Down I think you also can go, is it quickstartonlineservices.com quick as well? Yep, that's it. 
Yep, it tells you how to enroll right there, the second link down right off the uh, Microsoft Online page, uh, Services page under Quick Start. It says Enroll to Sell uh, Business Productivity Online Suite. And basically, so you have to write, you have to write there, an online test, and I think there's some other things too, right? There's just basically an assessment, and then you sign an agreement. And, uh, and at that point, then you're listed. When, when that pick list comes up for the customer to select the partner that's actually referring them to get the 12% or to get the 6% reoccurring, uh, you're going to have to be a, enrolled in the business, the BPOS suite, in order to be able to show up on that list. Ah, so there's yeah, going to be a pick list. So not, you don't, you're not, we're not relying on, the, on uh, the end client to actually type our name in. Uh, undetermined at this point. Even the demo knows, didn't, right? didn't show it really well that they had at the uh, the airlift. You know, some of us were joking about uh, you know adding the at sign or putting AAA computing or something just to be number one on that list because you know the first question we had was tell me how that list is going to be ranked. Are is it going to registered partners, gold part certified? I mean, you know, and their 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 deal was first of all it's not a required field and it's a pick list. <laughs> so okay. yeah. I think I think we're all gold certified partners. Yep, I think, correct. Yeah, yep. I think we yep. are. So I mean, uh, you know, as a speaking as a gold partner here, uh, and not to downplay the certs or the registered one, but you know, and as a, and I'm definitely as a small business specialist, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see all that plays out because, uh, you know, with the goals, there's definitely you know more certified professionals, higher competency requirements, certs are a little lower, and registry just got to sign up. What's stopping um, a one-man shop from signing up as a registered partner and uh, putting, yeah, putting that app sign in front and getting all that commission? Nothing right now, I think, if I'm hearing you correctly. Is that, is that what I understand? At the initial rollout, it sounds like it's going to be a pick list and the app sign would come first. That's what we heard at the unless they change something based upon what they heard from partners at the airlift. Well, if anybody from Microsoft is listening, Affiliate URLs, please. That would be great. That would help with a lot of things. And we can, you know, at least help uh, brand it a little bit. Because that's, you know, again, my experience with Content Content, and that works great. There were some partners that brought that up. That actually had, had worked, and Constant Contact was actually one of the ones they referenced. So, you know, the, the way the affiliation program worked, or at least give us a way we can link, and that field would already be filled in when they went to the, the sign-up page. Yeah, because, yeah. you know, we can put a link up on our website or put it into our newsletter or whatever. Uh, you know, print some materials out and hand out in our chamber of commerce, whatever, right? We, at the end of the day, we just want to sell solutions and get uh, a credit for those that we felt we sold or we recommended. Uh, I'm going to go around the table one last time here in the last few minutes that we have for any final comments. And, you know, Robert Lamb, I'm going to start with you. Uh, you know, maybe just offer some final comments and, you know, maybe one or two steps that you're going to take over the next uh, few months to prepare for this. Well, I think first of all, um, we're going to watch very closely how how everything evolves and develops, and I think it's very important for all of us to uh, keep an open open mind and an open path of communication with Microsoft. Um, you know, one thing that we have that I feel like we as partners have, uh, where we don't necessarily have with like the Google apps and things like that, is we're already an established partner. We already understand uh, a lot of the, the ways to communicate, and we have relationships. So I think we need to utilize those. What I plan to do uh, is to try to understand how that offering is is evolving and what's available. There are some services uh, that I have found out just through talking with Robert Lindley, and like for in the SharePoint area, that there's some things that aren't turned on. Um, we need to know that. Uh, we need to be educated and know exactly what it is so when we do go out and present it to our clients um, that we don't make a mistake and either oversell uh, the product or undersell the capabilities um, because ultimately if we have an unhappy client, the result is going to be the same if we sold them a server that didn't fit. So I think it's important that we, 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 we get educated because I mean, I think that's going to be key for Microsoft to educate us and to also make sure that the market understands what we have because if it's if it's not communicated properly and expectations are wrong then it's not going to be a very good uh, offering and i think it's there's going to be a lot of disappointment but we're we're excited about it um you know just a little cautious uh, it's new and i think it's just like everybody was talking about managed services you know 3 or 4 or 5 years ago uh, there was a lot of people who um 
jumped in and made a lot of wrong choices, and it cost them a lot of money. And so I think that a lot of people are just being real tentative and, and making sure of, of what it's going to do. And in the same breath, a lot of people jumped in early and made a lot of money on managed services yep. as well in the early days. That's, that's, uh, that's did, a very good point. And, uh, you know, those those are the guys that, you know, uh, my hat's off to them. Dave, any uh, closing comments? Well, I mean, I, I think so the, the one piece that, you know, and I like to put my marketer hat on with, with yours there, Stuart, for me, the next, the, the next initiative here is profiling the potential customer that will buy online services and understanding the differences between my existing customers and existing customer targets and the new ones. Because I'd like to understand where it fits in my portfolio and get a sense of how different these potential customers are. If they are wildly different, that may not be a, a, a focus of our business. If they're very complementary, it becomes more of a, of a focus for us. So for me, really understanding at a, at a much more business level, who are the people that are going to be buying online services? Why do they buy and what's their profile? You know, are there industries? Are there sizes? Are there other factors that I can look at to understand who these people are to fit with my existing customer base and, and my current strategies? Very well said, uh, as a marketer, very well said. Uh, Robert Lindley, uh, in the last couple minutes here, I know you've been very involved with the with the airlift and a few other things with the online services. Uh, what can you, uh, you know, wrap up the whole last hour with uh, some genuine comments from from Little Rock? Well, I think the uh, the BPROS uh, offering the business productivity online suite is definitely something we have to look at. And I agree with Robert Lamb. You need to understand what the product offers and what's there. Uh, the good example is SharePoint. Uh, it says Office SharePoint Online Services Standard. Well, that's not what releases with version 1. Version 1, you ought to consider to just be Windows SharePoint Services. It doesn't have my site. It doesn't have the search site. Does, there's just a ton of features that are not available in the initial rollout. And so in my mind, I'm saying that's Windows SharePoint Services on V1. I mean, that's, that's all I'm going to see initially. So you've got to go out there and understand what offerings they have. You know, one of the takeaways I had here on my list was to look at the, the hosted uh, exchange services that's part of this and see what kind of reporting I'm going to get out of that. So how's that, how's that going to compare against PostAny and some of the other offerings that are out there? Uh, for me, what I'm working on right now is to do some uh, market comparisons. Uh, I'm doing a uh, analysis right now to see, you know, take a customer and say they're five users, and you know, what's it cost for them to do a small business server? What's it cost for them to do BPOS? And uh, what are the pros and cons of doing both? And what are the initial costs to do both? And what are the managed services uh, ongoing revenue from both? and just see what model makes sense there. And then once you kind of have an idea of what a five-user network could look like, uh, then, okay, now how does that fit, uh, you know, uh, Stuart's idea, I mean, I'm Dave's idea here of looking at uh, specifically your customer profiles. Um, you know, the pros and cons, I think, of uh, whether you do this or not, you've got some that are customer pros and cons, uh, and then you've got some that are partner pros and cons. Uh, I thought one of the interesting discussions we got into in our, our last HG5 uh, meeting was, you know, hey, if this isn't good for us, the customer is looking to us as a trusted advisor, you know, what, what's going to be our, uh, our, our recommendation to them? Uh, you know, if, if this isn't good for us, is it, does that mean we're really going to go down and push it for, uh, to all of our customers? And I thought that was an interesting discussion. Uh, you know, I, I think we have, to, we have to make sure that we, uh, we know where uh, managed services is going. Um, we got into some interesting discussions about where managed services is in five years. You know, if we're seeing a lot of this virtualization and hardware as a service as well as software as a service, you know, where does that put us in in five years for our business? So, uh, interesting discussions. Uh, just, uh, I think it's important that partners go out there and at least learn more about it. Go ahead and get signed up for the program, so at least you can take advantage of being on the pick list. Very well put, and a great way to end the. Uh the program today. So, guys, I want to thank you very much for uh, your last hour of your of your days to come and join us here on our special broadcast of Small Business IT Radio uh, here on the Blog Talk Radio Network. And we will be back at our regular time slot on Friday at uh, noon on the East Coast, 9 a.m. on the West Coast, as we are joined by SonicWall, and we're going to be talking about email security and what are some of the threats out there around uh, communicating electronically in the world today, and how we can protect our clients. That's, uh, again, this Friday uh, with Sonic Wall on Small Business IT Radio, back to our regular slot. We missed last week because I was in Vancouver with my HCG group. 
So once again, guys, thank you very much for uh, for your time, and I love to have you back on uh, uh, down the road on a future show. So this is Stuart Crawford. We're signing off today for Club Insight Radio. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.